You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, myself, Colin Kelly, bringing you yet another show. Hopefully you enjoyed the kind of recap show to week 12 we've done with Ross Tucker uh, during the week. It was a lot of fun. Playoff picture covered, a lot of good feedback on Twitter for that one. So if you haven't checked it out, go back, check it out. Uh, still very much well worth a listen. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Chris Wesley of around the NFL and uh, NFL.com. As you'll hear coming up with Chris, unfortunately, some technical difficulties uh, we got into there. The first half of the interview has recorded. Some of the games that we previewed have obviously uh, stayed in an audio file, but for whatever reason, uh, my computer updated to Windows 10 overnight, and uh, some uh, technical glitches obviously in the system. Hopefully we get them sorted out before the next guest comes on, but unfortunately, the second half of the interview with Chris has not come out, so uh, I'm going to air the first half of it in just a little moment, and then we'll uh, I'll go through the rest of the games. Uh, although there was some great content with Chris, we'll just have to let that one slide by unfortunately sometimes these things happens with modern technology but it uh, also helps us to be able to provide you with a show twice a week each and every week so obviously uh, you've come along to listen to this one hopefully as i say at the start of every show you are enjoying the shows you can subscribe on itunes stitcher tune in wherever you're listening to us on and obviously you can give us a rating and a comment on there too helps us greatly I did mention at the end of the preview, or the recap show, sorry, with Ross, that I was heading off to see Creed in the cinema. I have to say, uh, if you were staying tuned to the Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, you've seen I tweeted out after it. Well worth uh, I would highly recommend going to see it. If you are a Rocky fan, I know there's lots of people out there who aren't Rocky fans. There's no shame in that either, but uh, I am a Rocky fan. And uh, a tremendous film, tremendous watching uh, Sylvester Stallone does it again as his role as uh, Rocky Balboa. And of course, you have Michael B. Jordan there as well. Uh, and uh, I think both of them could be in contention for some awards this upcoming award season in the film world. So uh, if you haven't seen it, get out and see it. Uh, that would be my word of advice. But let's get into the preview to week 13. Let's start to look ahead. And let's get Chris Wesley on the show. Want to know who's going to win every NFL game this weekend? It's time for the OTI Weekend Preview. Back on the show once again is Chris Wesley of NFL.com. Everyone that listens to our show, I'm sure, pretty much listens to one of the best NFL podcasts going at the moment, and that is NFL's Around the League podcast with the crew over there. Uh, joining me now is Chris Wesley, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Chris. My pleasure, Colm. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, every time I introduce a guest, I still say thanks for talking to us. It used to be me and my brother always doing the show together, but now that I've moved to Australia, it's generally me, but just uh, just one of those habits. So it's just me that's here, but still saying us. But Chris, uh, week 13, week 12 was a very interesting week with uh, some teams kind of breaking away from the pack in the wild card hunt. There's a couple of teams that still have a slim chance, but this week is really going to sort all those teams out. From uh, just so far in the wildcard hunt, is there any teams that you're expecting to make that late surge that, uh, you know, this week is very, very key to them? Well, I don't know. I think the teams that are already, I think the teams that, that will make the playoffs are already starting to surge. I, I see the Texans now as one of the best teams in the AFC, even though they don't have a running game and they have quarterback questions. Their defense is just that good. I think they have the best defense in the NFL right now. One touchdown over the 18 quarters. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and as beat up as, as the Patriots are, and the Broncos have questions uh, at quarterback as well. So I think that the Texans are, are right there a tier below those guys. 
Yeah, not there's a perfect kind of way to segue. I wanted to somehow work in your piece with the Defensive Player of the Year candidates uh, that give up on NFL.com. You have J.J. Watt and Josh Norman, obviously, as the headline acts there. Um, a lot of people at the start of the season were saying, you know, the Texans aren't good and J.J. Watt's not playing good. I had a couple of, let's call them discussions rather than arguments via Twitter. Um, J.J. Watt at the start of the season was play, playing pretty much as well as he has been the last couple of years. But with the wins coming in the last three or four weeks, people are really starting to notice and his performances have picked up, but he's always playing at that very, very high caliber level. At the minute, J.J. Watt, in my opinion, leading the way. Josh Norman probably there in second. That's the same way as your rankings are going. Uh, have you, how impressed have you been compared to previous seasons as to how good J.J. Watt is again this season? I, I think he's he's just as good as he's ever been. And the difference the last few weeks is you've got guys like Jadine Clowney is really stepping up. Um, yeah. He's becoming as hard to block, not quite as J.J. Watt, but if you put two guys on Watt, Clowney off the other side, and then Brian Cushing and, and second-round rookie Benadric McKinney are really playing well in the middle of the field. And I think really the, the upturn in their defense coincided with putting uh, rookie Kevin Johnson in the starting lineup opposite Jonathan Joseph, and they've been one of the better cornerback tandem, tandems in the NFL the last month, too. So this, this whole defense is playing at a high level. And J.J. Watt, I mean, in that Saints team, I've never seen a team take their left tackle, a really good left tackle like Teron Armstead, put him right next to the right tackle on a pass play because they couldn't block J.J. Watt, and then Watt still <laughs> split the two tackles for a sack. It, it's just really impressive. Yeah, he's playing Offenses for Offenses, they're devoting so many resources to stopping him, and it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's phenomenal, and he's definitely a huge part of the upturning results uh, in Texas. You obviously have on the other side of the ball, uh, you have Nuke Hopkins, and he's playing phenomenal stuff as well. He's helping things ticking over. You mentioned the quarterback situation, but now with the with the Texans, how they're performing, both uh, getting enough done on offense and then on defense, playing the way they are, not, as you mentioned, one touchdown over the last four games. Do you think they are going to uh, overtake the Colts and go on to win this division? I do. I think they're a much better team than the Colts right now. I'm not sure what the Colts do really well. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck has been managing games pretty well, but they're not explosive. Um, and, and are just an average defensive team. So I, I see the Colts as a team outside of the Broncos' victory that has beat up on some pretty poor competition this year. Yeah. The Texans, on the other hand, they look like they're taking their game to another level, not just the defense, but on offense. Boy O'Brien should get credit for his innovative, co- innovative coaching over the last few games. A lot of trick plays, get some wildcat in there. They elevate a guy like a team hunt from the practice squad, and he, he runs about a 4-3-5-40. They're giving him a few touches a game and a change of pace, so they have to get creative, and they're doing that. Yeah, you mentioned there are some of the wildcat players not getting Cecil Shorts involved in some Russian plays and so on and so forth, getting touchdowns. Going on those two games, obviously, you mentioned uh, the Colts are a key game this weekend. They're both of these teams on the road this week, the Colts at the Steelers, and then we have uh, also... The Texans traveling to Buffalo to face the Bills. Key games this week, uh, I definitely think the Texans more likely to win out of those two. So a massive weekend here for the AFC South division. I'm going with a, a surprising win on the road, I suppose some people will call it. I think the Texans beat the Bills. On the other side, I think the Colts are going to really, really struggle this week against the Steelers, and uh, I'm going for a Steelers win in that. Would you have to go on the same boat as that, or would you have any differential views? Yeah, as long as Ben Roethlisberger plays, and I think he's trending in that direction, I think the Steelers would have to be considered heavy favorites. They they had a few things break um, kind of in an unlucky way at the end of last week's game in Seattle, but, you know, you could really argue that they outplayed the Seahawks. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger just had a phenomenal game. So I think the Steelers would have to be considered the favorites there. And then I, I think the Texans are a better team than the Bills. 
Um, Buffalo is not always the easiest place to play, but I could, I would put my faith in the Texans in that. Next up, we're going to bounce around two New York teams playing each other this week. You have the Jets and the Giants. This game classed as a home game for the New York Giants. Both teams kind of, we'll say, uh, in wild card races and separate conferences, but the Giants with a shot to win the division, a disappointing loss last week to the Redskins. The Jets, on the other hand, starting to get things going again last week with a, with a win. Um, do you think the Jets can take it over the Giants here? I think the Giants will edge this one, but I see a lot of people picking the Jets to get the win. Yeah, that seems like a coin flip game to me. Either team could win. I don't have a good read on the Jets because they were terrible for a month and then played a really good game last week. Um, and the Giants are just pretty beat up, and they don't have a running team. The defense has been, you know, up and down all season. So I, I, this one's a hard one to guess. Um, if Odell Beckham goes off, I, the Giants have a really good chance, but I don't know how to cover him just yet. So I think the Jets have a slightly better team. I'd probably go with them. Yeah, it's uh, one of those ones. But if uh, the Giants lose this again, really and truly are probably out off their way <laughs> going they're trying to throw away this yeah. division all the teams really trying to throw away this division but it's a hard one to call the Cardinals on the other hand in phenomenal form this season playing extremely well Carson Palmer he's not really getting talked as much as he probably should be in that MVP candidacy but uh, he's having a, a phenomenal phenomenal season also coming off that injury yeah. so maybe he gets comeback player of the year but they're up against the Rams who at the start of the season were really shutting teams down the last couple of weeks have struggled a little bit uh, it's in it's in St. Louis this one um, I think the Cardinals continue to continue to roll. The Rams, on the other hand, continue to, to kind of fall by the wayside. And Jeff Fisher, is he one of the guys that you would think is on the hot seat this season? He should be on the hot seat, but it seems like no matter what he does, he can go 7-9 and nine every year and nobody cares. They just keep rolling him out there for his quotes and his, uh, his bombacity, I guess. But uh, the, the Rams were lucky to win the first time these two teams played. I, I think the Cardinals outgained them by 150 yards in that game just had a couple of turnovers and couldn't convert in the red zone. Um, and the Cardinals, I think, have gotten better since then, and the Rams have gotten much worse. They they have no offensive line right now. Todd Gurley has been kept under wraps because they can't block well. And it's the worst quarterback situation in the league. I don't see the Rams really uh, – I don't see them with a good chance to win this one. Yeah, I think it's going to be very tough. That was a strange game, too, the first game that was played in Arizona, a lot of turnovers and so on, just a, an all-around kind of – odd game to start the season but um, next up the Falcons the Buccaneers both these teams really uh, the Buccaneers were on an upwards curve loss last week to the Colts the Falcons on the other hand have just really been unimpressive the last uh, basically six eight weeks I'm going to go for a win here for the Buccaneers I'm surprised to see that the Falcons are actually favored in this uh, with the odds makers but um, I'm going to go with a win here for the Buccaneers Jameis Winston has been impressive Really, after that week one game where he really struggled, he's been quite impressive the, the majority of the way. Matt Ryan forcing a lot of passes, uh, just turnovers coming for the Falcons at a, an extremely alarming rate. Yeah, it's been tough for Matt Ryan. He's had a bad year. And Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. Unfortunately, that is at the point where it all cut out and uh, whatever happened with the recording device. Unfortunately, we do not have the second part of that interview, which uh, I really enjoyed conducting. And unfortunately, it has disappeared forever into the wilderness. So I'm going to go through the rest of the Week 13 games. Obviously, Chris there cut out when he was talking about Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. They are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay this week. I do think that the Buccaneers are going to come out on top of this. The Atlanta Falcons have been struggling 
really since I think they started the season 5-0 and have been struggling over the last uh, 6 or 7 weeks have not beat any teams with uh, good records this season and I think um, you know this year's one that the Buccaneers if they're ever going to get start to pick up some home wins this is going to be one where they're going to start off they have a, a bad home field advantage over the last two seasons and I guess that comes down to the fact they were a bad team over the last two seasons but with Jameis Winston um, I think they, they go in and they start to improve again with a win here at home up next, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings obviously uh, bouncing back after the loss to the Packers. Got a win last week on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Seahawks, on the other hand, getting a win at home in that shootout with the Steelers. But, of course, Jimmy Graham down for the rest of the season now. So it's going to be a tough game on that side of the ball for the Seahawks. But I just think overall, if you look at these two teams on paper, I think the Vikings at the moment are the better team. I think the Vikings playing at home as well. give them a significant advantage, and I think they get the job done. It is going to be, uh, you know, a team of. It's going to be kind of two two teams with similar styles. Both like to run the ball primarily and then play good defense. And I just think at the moment, um, you know, you look at Adrian Peterson. I think he's starting to really come into his own the last couple of weeks, uh, really pushing on back to what we expected to see from him at the start of the season. And maybe a little bit rusty in the first few weeks, but really starting to push on. Then their defense playing superb as well, and Teddy Bridgewater taking some nice shots down the field. So we'll see how the Vikings play here. Uh, you know the Seahawks after getting back above 500 last week after that win and that shootout as I mentioned I think uh, you know it's going to be a tough week for them on the road they're not usually as good on the road as they are at home and I, I hope as a Packers fan that the Steelers or the Seahawks can go in and win this game but uh, I just can't see it happening I'm going for a Vikings win at home I can also tell you that when uh, Chris was on and uh, he made his pick he picked the Vikings as well so I'll let you know who he decided as well unfortunately you can't hear him make those decisions 49ers at the Bears. The Bears starting to play some very consistent football over the last couple of weeks. Uh, bet the Packers in Lambeau last Thanksgiving night. So the Bears on the upward curve. Maybe some outside chances of a playoff hopes, but I still think it's uh, going to be too much of a stretch for them to do so. They're playing the 49ers, who at home have put up a good bit of a fight with Blaine Gower, the quarterback, but on the road have not been impressive at all. And even at home haven't really been that impressive, but better than we expected them to perform. Blaine Gabbard has been a lot, lot better than most people, including myself, expected him to be in this situation, but I think the Bears get the job done here. I think there'll be some turnovers from the 49ers. You know, the running back situation with Sean Drawn at the moment. Uh, you know, I, I expect Hyde to probably be shut down for the rest of the season because the 49ers really nothing to play for and obviously want him to be healthy for the start of next season. So we'll see what happens there. But just as a whole, the 49ers... It's been a tough season for them, and I expect this to be a tough week for them. I expect the Bears to get the win. Alshon Jeffrey should have a big day here in this one. We'll see how many snaps Matt Forte gets. Obviously, he's been coming back from that injury and splitting snaps with Jeremy Langford. So I think the Bears, just as a whole, get the uh, get the job done here and get a win at home. We all laughed when we seen uh, the Browns against the Ravens on Monday Night Football last week. We thought it was going to be one of the worst games in Monday Night Football history. We weren't expecting many points. Well, it turned out to be the exact opposite. An absolutely phenomenally entertaining game on Monday Night Football. Uh, we all seen the way that one ended with that blocked field goal for a touchdown to end the game. So this week's uh, version of that could possibly be the Jaguars facing the Titans. I'm sure there's not a lot of people excited about this i know the jaguars fans are probably looking forward to it and the titans fans but titans at home i think it's now 14 losses in a row for them they haven't won in a long long time at home let's just call it uh, call it that way but uh, maybe they get a chance this week to pick up that w the, the jaguars last week you know in a prime spot people thought they might be starting to make a little push even at the division perhaps and uh, they lose at home to the chargers who have been really struggling the last couple of weeks so uh, a bad loss for them at home now they go on the road against the titans who they bet Two weeks ago, I think it was, uh, you know, very, very late on. The, the Titans almost had a chance to get back into that, but uh, it didn't happen. So I think 
Looking at this game, I think I'm just going to have to edge it towards the Titans. It looks like Alan Hearns is going to miss out with injury. Just uh, The Jaguars, they just keep getting so close to getting those results, but just sometimes uh, find a way to lose. The Titans obviously love to lose as well. So I'm just going to go with the home field advantage here, even though there is absolutely no home field advantage for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to give them a win here. Marcus Mariota last week at home against the Raiders had them in a great spot uh, two minutes to go, and they were winning by four points but unfortunately the defense couldn't stop the Raiders and they did go on to lose that one so Titans fans uh, hopefully they get something to smile about this coming weekend the Ravens had something to smile about in that Monday night football game with the blocked field goal I'm sure they couldn't believe their luck and I'm sure you've all seen the videos on Twitter on Vine of uh, the Browns fans reaction to that quite incredible finish to that game Uh, you have to feel nothing but sorry for Browns fans it's been tough the last uh, decade, two decades even, following them, just uh, the organisation had no real luck. And, um, you know, I'm going to talk about the Browns in a moment and we'll talk more about Johnny Manziel and so, mo- so on and so forth. The Ravens, they were smiling after that result against the division rival, got a win on the road. They're playing the Dolphins this week. It's not a game that uh, either team has really anything to play for. We talked with Chris, unfortunately, again. We cannot hear it because my computer decided to not bother recording it, but... On the other hand, we talked about these are two teams probably just playing out the season, although the Ravens have put up a lot of spirited effort, and uh, you know, just though this week with Matt Schaub at quarterback, with the way they got away with that one in Cleveland, against a good team they would have been absolutely blown out, I would imagine, in that Monday night football game with the turnovers and so on and so forth. So I think uh, the Dolphins will get a win at home this week, but the Dolphins, after firing Laser as well at the start of the week, they're just not a team that has all that much going for them. Uh, like I thought going into the season they were going to have a really strong year but just hasn't worked out Tannehill seems to have regressed a little bit Kenny Stills has really not done enough compared to what I would have thought Devontae Parker had a you know a touchdown last week so he's getting on his rookie campaign injured throughout the majority of it we'll see if they can get back to uh, running the ball to Lamar Miller a bit they uh, didn't run him at all at the start of the season and they fired the head coach and Joe Philbin uh, they went and decided to run the hell out of him the next two weeks and then since that they've kind of really regressed away from him again so we'll see what J.I.J.E. can do uh, in there in the backfield as well but just uh, every time there's maybe fired a coach, fired a coordinator they go a little bit more to the running game let's see if he gets involved again this week um, I'm going to have to edge just slightly with the Dolphins and uh, it's not one that I would have a confident pick in but I'm going to go with the Dolphins in that one the Bengals travel to play the beleaguered Cleveland Browns. They have, uh, as I mentioned, tough, tough scenes on Monday night. Johnny Manziel will not be starting by the looks of things. Looks like Austin Davis is going to start this one. He finished the game, of course, on Monday night after Josh McCowan went down with that fractured collarbone. Uh, just on this story, if uh, McCowan uh, fractured his collarbone and came back in and played a couple more snaps after that injury actually occurred, actually threw, uh, threw a couple of passes with that right arm, and it's a right collarbone fracture so I have to give him some props uh, obviously going through the pain the adrenaline must have helped him get through those couple of snaps but he's out for the rest of the season he won't be taking any more snaps the rest of the way Johnny Manziel seems to looks to have uh, played himself out of any future with the Cleveland Browns organization taken in the first round last year just seems to have too many off the field issues uh, you know he's this was either an addition to see what he could do for the Browns or even if the Browns want to trade him, give him uh, some game time to see what he can show to see if they can get any trade value for him. But it doesn't seem to be going that way. They're going to start Austin Davis in this one. And that there is not good for the Cleveland Browns organization. They play the Bengals and I can see nothing other than a blowout in this one, really. Andy Dalton's playing well this season, as we all know. He's starting to pick it up over the last couple of weeks. Tyler Eifert's having a monster season. 
uh, AJ Green last week with his probably best game of the year with two touchdowns. So I think overall the uh, running back combination of Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill is going to run riot in this over the Cleveland Browns and then uh, obviously with that opens up play action passes deep down the field to guys like Marvin Jones so we'll see what happens I can see nothing here other than a very very comprehensive Bengals win I would say this could be the biggest blowout of the week but again I've predicted that in other occasions and the other team has gone on to win but I can't see the Browns winning this one sorry Browns fans a couple of games coming up now that are going to be fascinating this week the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to the Raiders the Raiders obviously Picking up that win last week in Tennessee, helping maybe get themselves back into a wildcard chase again. But if they're going to get into the wildcard spots, they're going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this week, and that's who they're going to face. The Chiefs, in the last three or four weeks, have been playing phenomenal football defensively, offensively, running the ball very, very well. Whether it's whether it's Jerkandrick uh, West, whether it's even Spencer Ware, no matter who they seem to plug in there. And then Alex Smith getting some yards on the ground too. A lot of people uh, criticise Alex Smith, you know, for playing so conservatively but he hasn't turned the ball over now since week three the second longest streak in nfl history of consecutive passes without uh, interception so doing extremely well from that perspective and often you see with alex smith uh, you know short passes screen passes but the last couple of games uh, including that game last week which they won against the bills going downfield to jeremy macklin seems to have a great trust with him at the moment then travis kelsey getting sprinkled in a little bit too so macklin having a nice season under the radar um you know in a, a more conservative offense as i mentioned there just a moment ago but uh, i think this one's gonna be an interesting one if the raiders want to win and have a chance they have to end up a chance at that wide card spot but i don't think they're going to get it this week i think the chiefs will shut down their offensive pass game and i think uh, we'll see the chiefs getting a win here i think it'll be a close game probably in the round 27 uh, 24 that kind of range and i think the chiefs scrape over the line and i'm sure as all chiefs games we see uh, a lot of Cairo santos and a lot of field goals being kicked uh, from the team they like to get down to around the 30 yard line and then just get bogged down in the offensive scheme but um i think i'm going for the chiefs win in that one next up denver broncos and the san diego chargers this one in san diego so the chargers with basically no home field advantage over the last couple of years uh, and it looks like it's going to be the same here team possibly on the way to la the the league meetings on at the moment with the man or the league uh, talking with uh, you know the owners and so on the owners meetings we'll see what happens down there if there's any outcome off a team being definitely relocated to la so we'll see what happens there Brock Osweiler, you know, six foot eight. You know, there's not many people that I know of that are all that much taller than me, but he's a full two inches taller than me, so uh, we need to come up with a nickname for that dude. But he's won the last two games, started two games at quarterback, Peyton Manning, out off the cast, but still in a walking boot, so we're definitely seeing Brock Osweiler this week and probably the next two or three weeks. He did a nice enough job against the Bears in a very conservative play called offense, um, and I think then he had some more nice plays against the Patriots he hasn't done anything spectacular but he's doing enough the running game much much more improved and the Chargers have struggled against the run this season so I think CJ Anderson and uh, Ronnie Hillman are the starting blocks for this for the Broncos and then we'll see obviously uh, last week Demarius Thomas had a a poor game from his standard one catch I think he had 13 targets and uh, some of those obviously the throws weren't great some of them the coverage was good but a lot of them down to him dropping the ball so we'll see if he can pick up his game this week and uh, catch a few more of those targets and really help this offense moving forward Uh, saying that it's in San Diego but I'm still going with the Broncos win on the road and in this one Chris did actually go against me against the grain on this one he went for a Chargers win at home he thought the Broncos may overlook uh, the Chargers in this one and he went for the Chargers picking up a W he was talking about how Antonio Gates is playing very well at the moment and some off the offensive pieces coming back in for the Chargers but I still think that uh, the Broncos get the W here 
The Patriots obviously lost to the Broncos in Mile High Stadium in the snow on Sunday night football. They are hosting the Eagles this week, and you know the Eagles absolutely demolished by the Detroit Lions last Thursday night. So, you know, the Eagles as low probably as they could be at the moment. Rumors coming out of Chip Kelly. Is he going back to college? I don't think that's the road he's going to go. But rumors coming out as well. Is he going to Tennessee? Will there be a trade? Well, I'll see that in the offseason. But for the moment, the team needs to start to show some character, starts to show some uh, fight and see what they can do. But they're you know, they're going to get no easy ride this week against the Patriots. They lost to the Broncos, so they're going to be wanting to bounce back. Um, you know, Gronk, will Gronk play? I think it makes sense for the Patriots to set him this week, um, get him healthy, get him fully healthy for the, the rest of the way home uh, and into the playoffs. Amendola back training this week, uh, the last couple of days. Will he play? We'll see closer to game time. The Patriots really banged up at the moment, and that there is the key concern for them, but they need to start maybe looking into the playoffs. They want to get that by to help get Amendola back as well, but we're going to have to see what happens. I think still at home the Patriots will have too much for this Eagles team, who I think have really and truly just given up on the season. So two games left before we finish up. We have the Panthers travelling to the Saints. The Saints, uh, you know, they had Rob Ryan. They had the worst defence in the NFL. They fired Rob Ryan, and they still have the worst defence in the NFL, so no surprises there. They have really struggled against the run this season. They've really struggled through the air this season. They're playing a team who loves to run the ball. They have Cam Newton at quarterback. Jonathan Stewart's been playing very, very well, running very physically. So I think, uh, you know, they've been doing enough then through the air as well with Greg Olson and co uh, Devin Funch is playing a little bit better the last couple of weeks and uh, I think there's no way around this other than the Panthers getting a W on the road uh, the Saints just have been in uh, kind of disarray the last uh, the last while pretty much and I think Sean Payton could be getting to the end of the road as a Saints head coach so when we look at this game I think the Panthers, the only way they're going to lose this is if they go in and uh, overlook the Saints but you know the Panthers are playing at the moment with a chip on their shoulder, people are saying they're the worst 11 no team in the history of the NFL, they are the only te- undefeated team remaining so uh, there's no teams that get to 11 and 0 that are bad teams and I think they have that little bit of a chip to, to try and prove teams wrong. Will they go the season unbeaten? Probably not, but this is another step in that direction, I think, to get the win. Last game up now, the Washington Redskins at home against the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. It's uh, going to be a very interesting one. The Redskins obviously shocked me last week by beating the New York Giants, and if they are going to go and win this division, this is another step for them that they have to take the Cowboys without Tony Romo. Obviously, Des Bryant's back, but without Tony Romo, I think this team is uh, pretty much dead and buried. I thought when he came back, there was a little bit of you know over-aggressive talk of the, uh, the Cowboys possibly getting to the playoffs, and now there's still a little bit of hope, but I think I'm giving them no chance. I've said that for the last two or three weeks. And uh, the Cowboys still have not put Tony Romo on injured reserve. They're hoping that they might make the playoffs and have him back. Well, Tony, you may book your summer holidays because uh, there's uh, no chance of your team making the playoffs, in my opinion. The Redskins, on the other hand, have been known to throw away great situations in the past. And, you know, this is a situation they might throw away. But they are 5-1 and one at home. Their home road split has been very, very significantly different. And uh, Kurt Cousins' performances at home and on the road have been extremely different. So, you know, they've got Deshaun Jackson back. He is the big play threat, and he has hit big plays the last two weeks. I think we'll probably see that again against this Cowboys secondary. And uh, the run game's been okay for the Redskins. Alfred Morris is starting to look a little bit better, but I think he's out of contract at the end of the season, and I think that will likely probably not be renewed. But, you know, Jones is in there too running the ball, and they've been turning the ball over a little bit too much running it. But uh, I think, you know, most of those, again, as I mentioned, have been on the road. So we'll see, can the Redskins step up and perform here? I think they do, and I think they get the win at home. And, that's probably a bad sign for the Redskins fans out there listening because usually if I pick your team to win, uh, that's not a good sign because they usually slip up because 
Uh, I usually find it very hard to get a read on this team, but I'm not the only one that has that situation. But that's all the game's gone through this week. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, the audio didn't record for some reason for the second half of that interview. I'll be looking, doing some test calls over the next couple of days to make sure we're okay for the recap and preview shows next week. Lots of great guests uh, scheduled to come up in the next few weeks, and I'm really excited about them. I'll keep it under wraps, but stay tuned to that at Overtime Ireland Twitter feed, and I'll be plugging them prior to them coming on and uh, just really excited about some of the guests coming up so hopefully you'll enjoy listening to them as I mentioned at the start of the show give us a rating or comment on iTunes, Stitcher tune in whatever you listen to us on keep spreading the word on social media give us a, a tweet and mention at Overtime Ireland and it keeps spreading the word going to give away a t-shirt this coming weekend uh, for spreading the word it has been tremendous over the last couple of weeks keep those follower numbers moving up for at Overtime Ireland there um, of course Hopefully you have a good weekend, hopefully you enjoy the action. I haven't talked yet about the Green Bay Packers game because it has happened, but I recorded this show prior to it happening, so hopefully the Packers are winning and uh, hopefully I'm enjoying uh, the weekend all that much more with uh, a Packers victory over the Lions, one that they need to win to really get back on track. They've just been up and down over the last couple of weeks, really, really struggling, but hopefully they can get a win in that against the Lions, who have been on a very, very much uh, improving record over the last couple of weeks. So we'll see what happens there. But I should be in a good humour this weekend. Anyway, heading on Saturday to see Ed Sheeran here in Melbourne. Looking forward to it out uh, in the Amy Arena. So it uh, should be a fun one. Uh, hopefully I have I've a few friends here living in Australia and they've seen him already in Perth. So uh, apparently all signs showing to a good show. So I'm really looking forward to that. But if you can't get to see Ed Sheeran this weekend, get down to the cinema, get to see uh, Creed. Really enjoyed it. would love to hear your thoughts as well on Twitter. But really and truly, I've given you all the suggestions for this weekend. And of course, Sunday is football day. And uh, we don't need any plans for Sunday, obviously. Hopefully uh, your fantasy teams are continuing on their playoff push. And uh, until I'm back with the recap show, stay tuned to Add Overtime Ireland. Keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.